0: Hello, my name is Océane, I come from Martinia, and you are listening to Radio Karom. You are listening to Rowan Prant Method, where we talk all things fitness, mindset, well-being, performance, and lifestyle design, so that you can live a high-performance life. I'm actually going to have to change the intro, because I'm considering expanding beyond what we normally do. A lot of our guests have been in the well-being and performance space, various experts in all different fields. So far, we've had a Buddhist nun, Sleep scientists, psychologists, yoga teachers, all different sorts of people, all very good at their craft, very knowledgeable, and I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation the entire time. But realistically, I want to move this podcast and radio segment into the direction of having anyone on, anyone that has something of value to add. We want to start looking at finance, all sorts of different things that just pique my interest, and I think other people will be interested in them as well. So we will be moving in that direction moving forward. But tonight is my second broadcast by myself. And I actually did this for the first time last month. And I had a guest cancel on me, probably an hour or so before we yeah. were scheduled to go live. And I thought, you know what, I'm gonna wing it. I'm just gonna jump on and I'm gonna have a go and do a live broadcast by myself. And I pulled over the car and did a couple of random dot points, making a list of a hundred and something reasons why you feel like crap and you think your life sucks. And we got some really good feedback. We got through 50. People love them. A lot of them seem to hit home with a lot of different people. And many of those things i would learned along the way, either working with clients or personally experiencing myself or learned from mentors and other people along the way, studying everything. There was just an accumulation of a lot of different topics. So we're going to continue with that. And I'm probably going to go through another 30 to 50 tonight. And just so you know, this is literally just dot points that I have written down and I'm gonna share them and I'm gonna talk about each one and just see what comes to mind. So number 51, uh, and before I say anything, for anyone that hasn't listened to episode one, go back to ep- uh, episode 20, I believe it was, of wrong print Method, which was the first 50 of the reason why your life sucks and you feel like crap. So we're gonna do another probably 50 today. So number 51 is you don't measure or assess progress. It's a really, a really common thing that I see a lot of people doing, so they actually don't know if what they're doing is actually working. A lot of people, I use tra- uh, training for example, people go to the gym, hypothetically, and they go to the gym, and they're going in there and they're training, and they feel okay, and they seem to be, you know, feeling better, but they really don't know if they're actually putting in the work and getting the result they're looking for. And a lot of people get disheartened because maybe the scale of weight goes up one day, then it goes down another day. And this is pretty common. And that can happen for a number of reasons. So how much sodium you have in the body, how much carbohydrates you've had, how much fluid you've had, whether you've gone to the toilet in the morning, your weight will fluctuate based on a number of different factors, hormone regulation, sleep, the works. So a lot of people get stressed when their weight stays the same, despite all the hard work that they've been putting in at the gym and they don't feel like they're getting the results they're looking for. But if you did things like girth measurements, and taking photos, how clothes fit you. There's various other methods that you can use to track your progress. Scale weight is just one element and realistically it's just a guide because unless you're in a weight division sport like boxing or something, your scale weight doesn't matter. You're more concerned about body composition to be brutally honest. So yeah, measure and assess your progress because how do you know if you're moving in the right direction if you're not tracking it? You're just guessing and that comes to anything in life. You need to measure the success. Are you moving in the right direction? Are you moving towards the outcome that you want? Or are you moving further away from that outcome? Are you moving further away from where you'd ideally like to be? So that's definitely something to consider. Number 52, you don't count your blessings. I know so many people that are very fortunate. Many people looking from the outside would consider them to be successful, wealthy, all sorts of things. Have the dream, partner, dream life, happy children, the works. And they're always looking for more. And don't get me wrong, I think there's an important aspect where we should be driven to be moving forward and being our personal best and excel because we are here to grow and develop with time. But if you don't count your blessings and you're not grateful for what you have, you're not going to appreciate anything. It doesn't matter what you get. It doesn't matter how much money. You're never going to be satisfied. You're never going to feel fulfilled. So simply practicing some gratitude in your day-to-day life, counting your blessings, simple things. You woke up this morning. Maybe you saw some people smiling in the street. As soon as you start doing this, you'll notice more and more things around you to actually be happy about and be grateful for, whether it's the little things that your partner does, whether it's you've got a a co-worker that you really get along with and you've got some inside jokes. It's just these simple things that you can be grateful for, and it might not seem like much, but the more you focus on those things, the more you'll notice. There's a system called the reticular activating system, which is... Big on, it pretty much filters all the information that comes at you at any given time. I'll go into that in another episode. Love the backing behind the reticular activating system and I highly recommend that you check it out. Number 53, you forget your accomplishments. Everyone's accomplished something. I often get people come to me and they say, you know, I just don't feel successful. I don't feel like I've achieved anything. And when we really look at their life and how far they've come compared to where they originally were, they've accomplished a lot. There's some young people out there that have been crushing it in business, or they've been an exceptional athlete, or maybe they've got a mortgage at a young age, or maybe they're a single parent and they've successfully raised young children while studying. There's all these amazing accomplishments that these people have been doing, and they just don't even, they don't remember them. They don't retain them. They don't really appreciate the fact that they have done them. They don't give themselves enough credit. So I think it's essential, don't forget your accomplishments. That'll give you confidence to keep moving forward and give you the confidence to try new things as you continue to move forward, knowing that you've already accomplished so much. It's a very simple strategy, very effective. Another thing to consider would be number 54. You forget the obstacles you have faced and overcome. If you think about it, you've survived every bad day that you've ever had so far. And some of you have had some really bad things happen to you, myself included. Pretty much everyone I know has got a sad story. And you know what? You've survived it. You're still here. You're moving forward. So the fact that that's happened, each obstacle wrapped them, whether it was overcoming finding finances when you need to cover some debt or anything, a health complication that you had or some sort of other obstacle or adversity that you had to face at some point you beat that, you actually overcome that. So don't forget that you're pretty resilient because you've survived every battle that you've been through up until this point. And that should give you confidence to continue moving forward for future battles. Something I'm gonna be discussing in the future because we all face battles every single day to be able to live the life that we wanna do. Simple things like when you go to the supermarket, you face a battle whether you wanna buy healthy food or buy food that's not so good for you. It's always a battle, but I'm gonna delve into that in another episode. Number 55, you don't model success. Let's say you have an outcome or a goal that you want to achieve. Chances are someone else has done something very similar. So you can save yourself a lot of hassle and a lot of time if you model that person. You don't have to copy them. You don't have to embody their personality and take on all the traits. You don't have to become an identical version of them. You have to have your own unique spin on it. But you can sort of see how they've moved forward and accomplished what you've wanted to do. And then it will save you a lot of time because if the system worked for them, it might work for you as well. And there might be some tweaks that you can do to actually advance on it, make it even better and continue to improve on that. So I highly recommend if there is a goal that you want to achieve, you can invest in a mentor or a coach or you can simply just model success and have a look at what people are doing in whatever field. It could be in any industry, just how are they getting the outcome that they wanted and how can you replicate that? If you follow the path, chances are you're gonna get a similar outcome. And if not, what's missing? You can question what is the minor details that they're doing that you're not doing. And if you follow that process, chances are you're gonna be successful and you'll figure things out along the way. Number 57, you don't listen to others. So I'm not gonna say names here, but I can think of many, many clients of mine and you know what? I've probably been that really annoying dude as well with many mentors throughout my life. I remember when I was in Thailand at one point, when I said, you sound like pig. Me say forward, you backward. Me say backward, you forward. He used to get so mad because I would listen to the instructions but I would make my own decision. Usually it came out well but yeah, I probably should have taken a lot more on board and been open to the suggestions from people that knew what they were doing. And that's something even I... I have issues with my current clients because I'll suggest something and they simply just won't follow the instructions. And if you get a mentor or do a mastermind or read a book or listen to a, a podcast and you don't implement any of the information that that person shared with you, then it's not going to give you any success. You're not going to be able to get anywhere. It's not going to be a successful outcome at all because it's just knowing the information. It's not going to do anything for you. It's not going to lead to a successful outcome. You actually have to apply it. So first of all, you need to find someone you trust Someone that you have a bit of rapport with, maybe you can relate to them, maybe they've got a similar story and you feel like what works for them might work for you and listen to them. You've got to take it on board. A lot of people going out there getting coaches and just wasting their money because they're not following the information. They're not following the instructions. So yeah, listen to others. What are we up to? Conversely, we've got number 57. You always listen to others. You're always looking for someone else's opinion. I've been in this trap before where you just assume that other people know what to do because they're the expert. And a lot of the time they really don't because they're just a human being anyway. They might have a piece of paper that gives them that credibility, but you really don't know. They don't really know exactly what you should be doing for you. It's your life. It's your personal growth. It's your journey. You can listen to them, but it's up to you to make the informed decision and decide what you want to do. It's a simple thing. It's as simple as that. So always listening to others. Then also you're, it's going to lead us into another one where you're thinking about the limitations that they set, the limitations that they set on themselves, the limitations that they set on you. And it wastes a lot of time. You've got to back yourself, trust your instincts. If you want advice, seek the advice, speak to someone, and then turn around and make your own decision. Because ultimately it's your life and you're in the driver's seat. So you have to decide what you want to do and what suits your unique situation. Because they really don't know it. Number 58, you don't invest in yourself. I know a lot of people that are investing in crypto, they're investing in you know property, all fantastic, but the number one thing that you should be investing in is, it, is yourself. Skills you can utilize in your business to move forward in your career, investing in yourself when it comes to your health, so you can operate at your absolute best. I just want you to imagine what would your life look like and what would you be capable of if you were operating at your absolute best best possible version of you. That means you had your sleep on point, you're managing your stress, you're getting your movement in, your diet was on point, all these things. And you could just maximize your potential on any given day. You could be present with your family, you could be crushing it in your business or your career, absolutely dominating everything you want to do and you still have some time to burn for things that you want to pursue. All because you're investing in yourself. I always admire people that are willing to learn from other people and pursue some sort of personal growth. It could be as simple as just getting a gym membership. A lot of pe- Everyone pretty much has a Netflix membership or Stan or something like that. They might have multiple links to different platforms to provide television, but they won't get a gym membership because they think it's too expensive or they won't get a personal trainer. You've got to invest in yourself. It's one of the best things that you could ever do. Number 59, this one's a really interesting one. You expect more from others than you do of yourself. I know a lot of people that expect more from the girl at the local coffee shop when they're making their coffee, and they might not have ever been there before, than they do of themselves. They just expect that person to be able to perform their absolute best. They forget that they're a human. They expect everyone else to be able to drop everything and do what they need. They expect everyone to do all the things that they're really not doing when they're not even showing up. You need to set high expectations for yourself. That's the only thing you have control over. You can control how you respond to everything. You can control how you use your time. You can't control the external variables, but you do have control over yourself. So really, raise the bar on what you expect of yourself, what you're capable of, what you think your perceived limitations are. Your life will completely transform. I know with myself personally, I had a high expectation of life, but I wasn't delivering with my own actions. And you have to, again, to be able to coach people and lead people, you have to model success for yourself. You have to hold yourself accountable, hold yourself to a high expectation where you can continue moving forward and continue growing and you know attack new challenges head on and continue moving forward. So have a higher expectation of yourself. I highly recommend that you give this a go. Number 60, you don't seek help. There are a lot of people out there that are really struggling be simple things but they don't ask for help you can't expect people to just have a magic a magic ball and just know and know that you're in, in trouble that you need assistance and that you need help they simply don't know you need to seek help a lot of people out there are struggling with demons and fears and things that no one knows anything about they're wearing a mask and that mask gets heavy over time it's a really it's really sad to see and sometimes it's too late. We lose a lot of people, obviously, to suicide and various things, mental health issues. If you are struggling with something, ask for help. There's only so much you can do on your own. It's great to get the, uh, the ball moving on your own at the beginning. Continue moving forward and ask for assistance along the way because some people have already walked the path. Some people, that's their area of expertise, and they can guide you. So don't be afraid to ask for help. It is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a very... It's a strong personality trait to actually know and know your limitations and know what's outside of your scope and where you need assistance. It's a great quality to have. So ask for help. Number 61, this one might hit hard for a few people. You don't take responsibility for your life. There's a concept where a lot of people discuss whether you're a cause or you're an effect. And I know a lot of people that are an effect. And when you're an effect, it's a pretty sad place to be because it really means you don't have control over your life. Things that is happening to you. Don't get me wrong. There are many things that are outside of your control but you can control how you respond to those things. And there are many things that are inside your control, like your work ethic, like your discipline, like where you spend your time, like the things that you do, like your habits, like your behaviors. You have complete control over them. So I encourage you, I lost my track. Yeah, take responsibility for your life, where you are now. Because every choice that you've ever made leading up to this point, has brought you to this point. Everything that you have has been based on your choices. And by taking that responsibility, it puts the power back in your hands. And then you can actually take control. And you have the capacity to change the next steps and change the future and change your outcome if you are not happy with it. But if the world is happening to you at all the time, it's a very disempowering place to be. You don't deal with your past. This is also a rough one. There are many people out there running from something. We're all pretty much running from something in some way, shape or form. Your past does catch up to you mentally. It takes its toll. You have to deal with what, with the things that are in the past. Leaving things in the past is important. You have to be able to work through them, but you have to address them. Whether you need counseling, whether you need a psychologist, whether you need some other form of intervention where you can actually get some sort of relief, Don't carry that heavy backpack with you all the time. It gets draining and it gets really heavy. So I encourage you, face your past because it will impact every decision you make in the future. A lot of us have these limiting beliefs that stem from negative experiences that we've been through. So I really encourage you, face your past because it is having an impact on your life. Number 63, you keep doing what isn't working for you. The definition of insanity is when people are doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And we've all been there. We're on that hands to wheel, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. We know where this leads. We know what this behavior leads to. We know that what we're doing right now really isn't working because it's not giving us the desired outcome. If we're not happy with the position that we're in, if we haven't achieved what we want to achieve, then what we're doing right now isn't working. So you have to ask yourself, How can we do better? How can we improve on this? What is the missing piece of information that'll make make the difference, to move me towards the desired outcome that I want? So stop doing what isn't working for you personally, because it might work for someone else, or it might've worked for you in the past, but your situation's changed now. You have to accept that, and you have to look for other strategies and other assistance. Number 64. You set your standards low and you meet them. People say, I can't a lot, I don't know. It's just constant, or I just can't do that because I've always done this, I've always quit, I've always failed, I can never achieve that, I'm not good at this thing. They just got these limiting beliefs all the time. That's a standard they set for themselves and they have this internal dialogue in their head over and over again, reconfirming and reinforcing these beliefs all the time. Limiting beliefs are a whole other factor. We'd love to address that in a future episode. But these limitations that people set on themselves, they meet them. You set your own standards. Don't allow someone else to set your standards, but I want you to set the standards high. This comes back to what we discussed earlier about the expectations that you set for yourself. Those expectations that you set and the limitations and the standards that you set for yourself literally shape your entire life. I know many times where I was dead set, focused on doing something that a lot of people thought was out of reach, but I was 100% committed to that idea and I knew that it would work. And other times where I simply just couldn't move. I was just trapped with self-pity or whatever else was going on in my mind and I just couldn't move in the right direction for whatever reason. And it was all based on my mindset. The standards that I set for myself at those times weren't very high and I was meeting them. And that's where you stay. So I encourage you, Have a higher expectation of yourself, which we've already covered, and set the standards for what you want for yourself and your life high for everything. Have a high expectation of life, but be willing to do the work to achieve it and get it. Number 65, you don't take risks. I was talking to someone today about, I actually did a video the other day, another live on Facebook. We were talking about how people frame getting rejected or failing or losing a game or something as trauma as all sorts of negative emotions are all trauma and they don't take risks because they're scared they've been burnt before maybe someone told them to get lost maybe someone cheated on them maybe something happened they're like i will never love again because someone cheated on me or i had food poisoning at a restaurant i'm never going to a restaurant ever again if you have one negative experience you shouldn't let it stop you from pursuing other things you can modify your behavior you can change your standards you can implement strategies to prevent yourself from having the same problems arise, but you need to get back out there. For whatever it is, you must take risks. So many people have dreams and they're perfectly capable of doing it, but they won't risk it because they're scared of looking stupid. I had to get over that. There's so many things out there that I am not good at, but I'm determined to get good at them. And I'm prepared to look like an idiot in the process. It's a learning process. You have to learn. No one starts off as a black belt. You might have high potential as a white belt, but you have to earn each rank. You have to go through the process and then you get that confidence step by step from being in the trenches, from going through the mud, from doing battle in the arena, from doing all these things, that's where the confidence comes from. So you must take risks because that's where growth comes. If you settle for what you have now, you will not grow or develop in any way, shape or form, and you will have a lot of regret. And a lot of people try to make up for lost time. You don't want to have all these regrets. You are perfectly capable of moving in the right direction on pretty much every dream that you actually have, if you're willing to do the work. So take the risk, a calculated risk I might add. Not something where you just go reckless. We don't want reckless risks. We don't want, uh, risk taking behavior is fantastic when it's calculated. I just want to clarify that. Number 66. You don't hold space for yourself. This is a tough one. I'm gonna give you an example. So men in particular really struggle with emotional regulation. And this is also gonna move into number, where is it, number 67 as well. So in terms of managing emotions or experiencing emotions, we're pretty much conditioned from a young age that we're not meant to have emotions at all. and The only way we're logically allowed to express them is when we get mad. And that's why there's so many men out there that are expressing their emotions through pain or whatever it may be, or hurt, through anger. And it's leading to some really, really bad outcomes, not only for them, but for people they care about and the community. So in terms of, and the other thing on the other end, there's a lot of people out there that have issues, they have grief, and they just refuse to let themselves experience it. They just keep trudging on and it's too painful. They do not want to look at it. But it's in the back of their mind. It's affecting them. It's affecting their sleep. It's making them lose their shit when it comes to dealing with their family members or they're stressing about answering an email at work. It's still there. You have to hold space for yourself. Yeah? You have to hold space for yourself to allow yourself to experience negative emotions and process negative experiences. It's a very important part of healing. You can't just continue moving forward. Don't get me wrong. I am massive on action. And I do not encourage people to sit in a pity party for an extended period of time. But there are perfectly good reasons for you to be sad, perfectly good reasons for you to be upset, and it's a natural process for you to actually go through that, and you shouldn't rob yourself of that experience. You should allow yourself to go through that discomfort, allow yourself to heal, dust yourself off, and continue moving forward, because it will come up eventually. And you will break down if you keep ignoring it. So I encourage you, hold space for yourself. It is important if you need it. Massive part of healing and a massive part of growth. Number 67, as I said, very similar to the last one, you numb negative emotions. So many people out there are numbing their emotions because emotions are scary. They expect that they need to be happy all the time, so they want heightened experiences, so they turn to drugs, alcohol, all sorts of things. Or they numb their pain. They numb their negative experiences, their past trauma, whatever it may be, with all sorts of maladaptive coping strategies. They just don't want to feel. And that's understandable because feeling negative experiences can be quite unpleasant. To wrap your head around, it takes a bit of time. But if you learn to go through it and realize that you're okay, you develop resilience and then you can overcome future adversities. And as that resilience grows, you can face harder struggles. Not that we want to, but they will happen. It's a part of life. There are peaks and troughs and sometimes we have pretty shitty experiences but you have to allow yourself to experience them. Then you can make informed decisions and you can navigate your way through them with a clear mind. Stop numbing your emotions. Number 68, you avoid being uncomfortable. A lot of people out there don't like being uncomfortable. Don't get me wrong, I'm big on comfort. I enjoy being very comfortable, but at the same time, I'm also big on challenging myself and new horizons. Even tonight, it's a little bit awkward. I keep looking back at the camera, doing this live, not sure how it's going, but it's a bit of an experiment and it is a little bit weird. First time I did a presentation, it's pretty weird. Like it was uncomfortable. There's that little bit of a stress from doing a new experience, but that's where growth happens. And we touched on this before with one of the other entries you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You have to challenge yourself and then that confidence will grow that you can do hard things and that you will survive them and that you can do exceptionally well and you'll be able to perform under pressure time and time again. So focus on getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Stop avoiding it. Have those uncomfortable conversations. Do those things you've been putting off. Dance in public. Do whatever you need to do to get out of your comfort zone because that is a really good way for you to develop and grow as a person and learn a lot about yourself. And that confidence will definitely come from that. Number 69, you are scared of being disliked and criticized. Everyone's scared of being disliked and criticized. You know what? Most people are actually thinking about themselves. They are not even really too concerned about you. And if they are concerned about you, it's probably because they're really, really mad at themselves and really bad internal critics. So don't take it personally. No matter what you do, there's going to be people that don't like you. You could donate to charity or you could do anything like that, philanthropic donations, and people will still find a reason to bash you and say that it was a bad thing for whatever reason. You are not going to please everyone. And you don't have to. Not everyone has to like you. That's okay. People are entitled to their opinion. You don't have to like everyone else as well. You have to accept everyone and you have to respect everyone's values and respect where they're coming from and they're entitled to their own beliefs. But you don't have to like everyone and they don't have to like you, and that's okay. Stop worrying about being disliked. Just do what you wanna do, provided that it's good for others, good for the community, good for yourself, good for those you care about. If it's a good thing to do, do it. Even if you don't like it, if it's good, you should continue doing it. Number 70, you follow the crowd. This is an interesting one because so many people do it, they just jump, jump on the bandwagon all the time, and don't get me wrong, I understand because as human beings, we're meant to be part of a tribe. Connection is such an important value. Having important relationships is a massive factor when it comes to someone's mental health, physical health and overall well-being. Connection is essential, but you don't have to go with the crowd if it goes against your values, what you believe in, because sometimes the crowd is wrong. There's been many times in history where people have just gone with the crowd and it's led to some pretty bad outcomes. Some pretty bad things have happened in, the, in history A lot of people have been killed. A lot of bad things have happened simply because people just went with the crowd and they would not stand up for what they believed in. And a lot of people go along with the crowd and they're really unhappy with the process, really unhappy with that outcome because it it doesn't actually feel good to them. So I just want you to be mindful. You are in the driver's seat of your life. It is entirely up to you what you do. Obviously there's other people to consider and you can take the crowd's perspective into consideration. But you need to think clearly about your outcome and those that are important to you. Don't always follow the crowd. Don't always do what everyone else is doing. Because real outliers that are successful in anything in life, whether they're athletes, whether they are in business, anyone that's exceptional, even actors, they're doing something different. They're not following the crowd. They see what the crowd's doing and they find a unique way to tweak it and make it even better and make it uniquely their own. They make it personal and they have that personal touch. And that's why they're outliers. That's why they're absolutely amazing. And we always remember those people in all sorts of industries. So I encourage you don't always go with the crowd. Number 71, you don't prioritize your health and well-being. A lot of people out there are trying to pour from an empty cup. And I have to say, if you're not okay, everyone and everything that depends on you will suffer. And that means your family, those you care about, your colleagues, your business, everything. It is all not getting the best version of you if you're not okay. So when you prioritize your well-beings, and I don't mean prioritize your well-beings over your kids or something like that, but I mean prioritize your needs, your health and your well-being so you can be the best parent you can be. So you can be the best boss, you can be the best worker, you can be the best one on the team, you can be the best friend best brother, sister, whatever, you can just be at your absolute best. It's not only gonna serve you, it's gonna serve everyone else. But you must prioritize your needs. So many people are sacrificing their health and well-being, both mentally and physically, purely for a paycheck. And then they end up having to leave work anyway, or they're blowing money on the weekend to try and forget their problems because they hate the job that they're working. They're working long hours, they're saying yes to things they really don't wanna do. They're not factoring in time for them to recover. They're not factoring in time for them to eat healthy meals. They're not doing things that look after them. They're not doing what lights them up. They're not following their purpose. You have to look after you so that you can look after everyone else. You must prioritize your health and well-being. So if you're not doing it, I'd like you to just consider something you can implement in the next seven days that will actually have a big impact on your life, a big return on inv- uh, for investment. For you to actually be moving towards having a higher well-being and health. Number 72, you aren't present. Now, I fall into this trap many, many times myself, and it's something that I'm consistently working on. But how many times are when people are eating meals, you know, they're scrolling through their phone, or when they're playing with their kids, they're looking on Facebook? or when they're at work they're bouncing between emails and they're not really focusing on the task at hand. The mind is always busy and a lot of, there's a lot of things we're missing and we're really struggling when it comes to connection because people are going out for dinner and they spend the whole time staring at their phone. They take photos of the food, don't get me wrong, a lot of people do it, it's a good meal, I'm all for it. But really be present with the person you're sitting with, with your colleagues, with your kids. Give them your attention, practice active listening. Bring your awareness to what is happening. Great way to do this would be practicing mindfulness. Very simple strategy. You can just bring your attention to the present moment. A simple thing would be focusing on the breath. It's a great anchor. You can bring the awareness to your belly rising and falling with each breath. The slightly cooler air coming into your nostrils and the slightly warmer air leaving your nostrils on the exhale. There are so many ways you can be present. You can go for a walk in nature. You can Feel your feet if you're going barefoot, going for a walk in a park or the beach. Feel the water against your skin when you're in the shower. You can be present when you're brushing your teeth, but the more you practice mindfulness, you'll be more present in those intimate moments that you have with family members, when you have with colleagues, when you're really there for your clients, if you're a coach, when you're spending quality time with your kids. Are you present or are you going hot on in a minute and you're watching TV? Because that's really not being present. We want quality time. So to bring your awareness to the present moment as best as you can. It is a skill that you will get better at over time. So I highly recommend that. Number 73, you are not disciplined. Whatever you want in life is gonna take a certain amount of effort. And it's not just short term where everyone relies on motivation. It has to be ongoing. You need to be disciplined if you wanna move in any direction because it's gonna be consistency over time and it will have a compounding effect. If you are not disciplined, you are really gonna struggle to achieve the things you wanna achieve. It's just simply not gonna work. Now, discipline can be formed in many, many ways. It could be attending training when you don't really feel like going, going to the gym even though you don't feel like it. When we really think about discipline, a lot of people rely on motivation instead of discipline. People say, how can I get more motivated? Motivation is really only here to get you started. It's to get you moving at the beginning, but it doesn't last. It's an unreliable feeling. You really have to develop discipline to do what needs to be done, even when you don't feel like it. You can't be like, you know what? I don't feel like paying rent this week. I don't feel like paying that bill. I don't feel like feeding my kids. If you played everything off feelings, your life isn't gonna be very happy. And you're not gonna be very happy. It's not gonna be a very good outcome. You really need to develop discipline to do the things that you wanna to do, to make better food choices if that's something you wanna pursue. You can't be a slave to your emotions. And this comes back to the, the pillars of health It's your discipline dramatically improves when you're adequately fueled, when you've had quality sleep, when you're managing stress, when you're having quality relationships, when you're doing things you enjoy. All these things contribute to the level of discipline that you can apply to anything that you wanna do. So I really encourage you, look at the different ways that you can increase your discipline. Pick something and commit to doing it and build a reserve of energy that you can throw at whatever you wanna do. Look after your health, which is another thing that we brought up, that's gonna help with discipline. And I'm not saying you have to go full-on commando styles like you're in the military. It would help if you really want to pursue your dreams. But discipline is vital for everything you want to do. And I've called myself out on this recently. I always consider myself pretty disciplined. I'll be very determined if I wanted to do something. But I raised the standard of what I expected of myself. And I don't expect anyone... I'm very tolerant of what other people do. I like to encourage people to be the best they can be, but I can't force them. I'm not here to persuade them or convince them. It's entirely up to them. But I know a lot of things have changed when I raised my expectations and I started practicing more discipline in the things that needed to be done. Not just when I felt like it, not just for a week, but ongoing. You have a fixed mindset. So for those that don't know, a fixed mindset is the opposite to a growth mindset. So a fixed mindset would imply that you really can't develop skills or learn what you have right now is what you will always have. And many people are trapped in that. They're like, I can't, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at public speaking, or I'm not good at sport, or I can't dance. And that's it. There's this limiting belief that keeps them stuck. And that whole concept of neuroplasticity, the fact that the brain can actually develop and change over time, when you learn an instrument, when you learn a new skill, when you learn a language, when you do crosswords every day, if you consistently challenge yourself over time, your mind will develop and grow and you will develop more coordination, and you will develop more skills. We do not have to just deteriorate with time. If we look after ourselves, essentially, get smarter with time if you keep challenging yourself. If you keep moving forward and you have that idea that you can develop and that you can grow and that you can enhance yourself in various ways, you can pretty much do whatever you want. You just have to put in the work. But if you feel like, I'm just not good at this, and you're not gonna put in the work and you don't feel like it's something you can cultivate and develop and learn, you're stuck. And that is a fixed mindset and it's not gonna serve you for doing hard things. It's not gonna serve you for doing things that you wanna do. And you are literally stuck with the things you have right now, right now where you are, with everything you have. And I feel like you should be aiming for more, particularly if you're unhappy with that. Be willing to do the work and know that with time and with work and with the right mentors and with whatever you need to do to move towards that particular goal that you want to develop and grow, you can develop, you can grow. It is not fixed. Next one, number 75. You wait until you are exhausted before you rest. I have done this. I love this. There's so many people out there and I've been guilty of this many times in my life. Many times, something I'm really working hard on, the all or nothing mentality, where you just go, right, I'm doing this new fitness challenge and I'm going to train every single day on an ultra low calorie deficit diet. I'm going to give up everything, do all the right things and I do it. And they do it for 30 days and they give up completely because they set the bar way too high. Yeah. And then they sprint, they take on the, they sprint with a work project, but they sprint for too long. Even with training, they put weight on the bar every single week. They don't have a deload week. They're sprinting at work, they're sprinting at the gym, they're stressed at home, they're doing all these things and they're not factoring in things like downregulation. Everyone needs to downregulate, whether it be meditation, non-sleep, deep rest, there's many methods. If it's yoga for you, walk out in nature, whatever it is, you must downregulate. And if you are not getting adequate sleep, that is vital. So in relation to gym, you don't get bigger, stronger, faster, more powerful when you're actually at the gym. It's when you recover from gym, when you go into the parasympathetic nervous system state. When you're learning information, you don't actually learn and stack it in your memory while you're reading it, it's when you rest. So when you go and downregulate, regulate or when you sleep, that's where memories are formed. So if you're not getting that adequate rest, you're not retaining anything that you're learning anyway. So it's essential that you don't wait until you're exhausted before you rest. If you have periodic rest throughout the week, throughout your day, where you can just recalibrate, get your bearings again, and then you can go back at it and you can smash out some deep work or whatever you wanna focus on, but you must rest accordingly to the work that you are doing. It is essential for you to continue moving forward in anything, whether it be academically, fitness wise, anything like that, don't wait. Don't wait until you're exhausted before you rest. Number 76, you have a bad relationship with food. Now, when it comes to food, this is a really touchy subject. Many people follow different dietary protocols for various different reasons. Some for ethical reasons, they might be a vegan. Some people for proposed health benefits. Maybe they've gone keto for mood benefits. Some people think of food as fuel and they purely eat to fuel their body or they eat for particular health benefits. Some people do it for the dopamine hit. It's a coping strategy for negative emotions because they're unhappy and they wanna look for an escape in some ways. They go for the sugar fix and they're living off sugar. Some people view it as a social thing. So for whatever reason you are eating and how you are eating and what you are eating, I'd like you to consider what your relationship is with food. This can also go the other way. You might think, you know what, I have to eat this, I can never have a cookie, a day in my life, I can't eat the birthday cake and I simply can't because I'll get epically fat after one piece of cake. That's not a good mindset to have. Ideally, the more healthy food you eat over the long run is gonna be better for you. And I'm not suggesting that you go out there and eat all the cookies, but you wanna have a healthy relationship with food, not one where it's overly restrictive, not one where, You are going the opposite, you're eating all the cookies and eating all the things that you shouldn't be eating and you don't actually have any consideration for how that impacts your health, your performance, your mood, all these factors. So really I encourage you to address your relationship with food and how that's impacting your food choices. Number 77, you think it's going to be easy. A lot of people, I'm going to use a gym metaphor because it's simple and purely because I brought up with, uh, with someone recently, they think it's going to be easy to get results or I think it's going to be easy to change or it's easy to do something. And when it's not, they give up because they have that expectation that they're just going to be able to do it without any effort, without any hard work, and it wouldn't require discipline and there wouldn't be days where they couldn't be bothered. Most things that you really want aren't easy. If you work at them, they will become easy. And they'll become automatic, and you'll become a master at doing them. And it won't, you won't even give it another second thought. It'll just be a part of your identity and what you do and who you are. But most things take work. It's not all easy. So don't go in with that mindset that it's going to be easy. But don't go in with the opposite, which leads us into number 78 you think it's going to be too hard. So many people put things in the far too hard basket, and they don't even give it a go. They don't even try it because it's They love the idea, they love the concept, but it's a pipe dream. It's a hope that one day might achieve, but they're never gonna put any work into it because they just simply think it's too hard. It's out of reach for them. They are not capable of doing it. So many people do this and they've got so much potential and they've got the capacity to do most of the things they wanna do with a little bit of discipline, maybe with a little bit of help, with a little bit of trial and error, with a little bit of uncomfortableness at the beginning. They can do it, but expecting it to be too hard If someone else has achieved it, chances are you can. You're a human just like them. They have flaws, they have doubts, they have obstacles, they have a history, they have stories. They have all these reasons why they couldn't do it, but you know what, they're out there actually doing it. And you can do it too. Yes, it will be hard, but not impossible, not too hard. So really, just back yourself and give it a go and find a way to do it. And if it's not working inside, ask yourself, how can I do this better? Number 79, you don't choose your words wisely. When I say this, I mean how you talk about yourself and how you talk about things. A lot of people out there, even when they're saying simple things like how they feel, I feel good, or no, I've had a crap day, or whatever it may be, or maybe they like, say, I can't do that, or I suck at this, or I'm a procrastinator, or I'm lazy, or I'm just this and they have all these negative words that they're putting out into the universe, into the world and into their subconscious about themselves. And this also goes to words that you use to describe other people, because apparently the subconscious doesn't identify that you're talking about someone else and actually internalizes those thoughts about you. So if you're critiquing everyone around you, and con- constantly criticizing people and picking out the bad things all the time, always looking for the negative, which is the opposite to the gratitude that we're talking about and counting the blessings, that's what you're gonna get. That's what you're literally setting your reticular activating system to pick up on. You're always going to notice the negative things. It's just, so be very, very mindful of the words that you choose and how you're talking to other people and how you're motivating other people and how you're engaging and interacting with other people because that'll also impact the quality of the relationships you have with other people as well. So words have power. I think it was Bruce Lee that said spelling for a reason because they cast spells. So choose your words wisely. Number 80, you are scared of the haters and being judged. This is probably a bit of an overlap, but I'm going to expand on it maybe with some different words. You're going to get haters, man. I talked about it before. It doesn't matter what you do. People are going to hate you for being successful. People are going to hate you for not being who you used to be. People are going to hate you for growing. People are going to hate you for staying the same. People are going to hate you for going backwards. People are going to hate you for everything. It's part of life. It's okay. It doesn't really matter because if you do what you want to do and the right people love you for who you are, That's real quality relationships. That's going to set you up really well to have quality connections and be around the right people that actually care about you and love you and support you in the right ways for you being authentically you and really embrace you for who you are. It's a really nice place to be when people value you for you, not for what you think or what they think you should be or what you think you should be to them, but for what you are. So embrace that. Don't worry about the haters. Don't worry about being judged. They're going to judge you anyway. If you don't put up a video, people are going to judge you for it. If you don't take that job, they're going to judge you for it. If you try something, they're going to judge you for it. If you fail, they're going to judge you for it. If you win, they're going to judge you for it. There's always going to be a reason for them not to like you. It's a part of life. So don't worry about the haters. Just do what you want to do. Number 81, you don't express yourself. This one goes back to the emotions again. Now I think there's a lot of resentment going on for people because they simply don't express how they feel. I did mention how a lot of men in particular struggle when it comes to managing emotions and expressing emotions. They usually choose things like anger and in some cases, people choose violence. But if you're not expressing your emotions and you're just internalizing them, that's a heavy cross to carry. That's a real burden. So I encourage you, express how you feel. First of all, hold space for yourself and see how you feel. Process those emotions. Manage them to do the things that you want to do, but learn to express them. Tell people if you're struggling, ask for help if you need it. Tell people about your day. Tell them how you're feeling. Tell them about your wins. Express who you are, express your interest, own it. This comes back to the thing about the haters as well, so it's very relevant. But you must express yourself. With the modern society, we have so many ways to express ourselves. People are expressing themselves through creative dance. I really admire that. People are expressing themselves through their interests, through making their own podcasts. People are expressing their interests from joining clubs, from doing TikTok reels, Facebook reels, stories, infographs, all these things, express yourself. Whatever lights you up, your passion, your purpose, because when you put that out there, other people will see it and will motivate them to express themselves. And you know what? Maybe they have the same interests as you, and maybe you have just made a new friend, a new connection, but you won't know if you keep that as the best kept secret, if you're just hiding in the back room, keep it all to yourself, express yourself. And also there's a lot of misunderstanding where people don't understand why you behave a certain way because you don't allow them in. How much can people, re- how can your connections really be? How strong can they be? If you don't really show who you are, if they don't really know you, if they don't know some of your fears, if they don't know some of the things that you struggle with, how strong can those relationships really be? So I encourage you, express yourself, and this will be hard at first, but. I've seen some pretty amazing transformations, not only with me, but with other people as well, just expressing how they feel and encouraging other people to express how they feel. Because we are human beings and we have feelings, we have emotions, we have negative ones, and we have positive ones, express all of them. The negative ones, the positive ones, the works. Learn to express yourself in a positive, healthy way. I mentioned this before when we talk about discipline, you rely on motivation. Everyone says, you know what, I've lost motivation or I just don't have the motivation, or I've lost, you know, I'm struggling with motivation. That's the point of motivation. It is short-lived, it is a feeling. You can't, well, I'm really motivated to pay my bills this week, but next week I'm not, so I'm not gonna pay them. You can't rely on that. Motivation is unreliable. It comes and it goes. That is the purpose of motivation. To get you started, to get you taking the immediate action, to book that phone call, to join that gym, to attend that session, to reach out to that person, whatever it may be, to buy the salad, but then it comes into discipline. That's the next step. And eventually I'm gonna talk about that in the future. Discipline will eventually lead to pleasure because you will associate it with positive feelings, with a positive outcome, and then it will become a habit that you can do long-term. It's a part of your lifestyle. But you have to go from motivation to discipline to pleasure. And then we've got consistency in the bag and you will relentlessly keep doing the thing that is good for you. 83, we're talking about emotions. Another step is you can't regulate your emotions or you can't self-soothe. So we had a Della Holmes on recently, we're talking about self-regulation in terms of people with trauma. Now, there's a lot of things with co-regulation, with parents needing to co-regulate children, people working in residential facilities and working in therapeutic settings with young people. They have to teach people how to regulate. Even when we look at things like breath work as regulation strategies, they are not valuable tools to regulate your state. Simply telling someone to calm down, for example, it's really going to work because their body is in a state they have real or perceived danger and the body's telling the mind that things are not okay and there is a reason to be stressed, there's a reason to be scared. So you need to learn to regulate because we talked about doing hard things. We need to be able to regulate ourselves during the moment when unpleasant things are happening. So I really think you should consider breath work. It's the simplest thing, or meditation. There are many other things like supplements, maybe magnesium that you can utilize as well. There's so many things that you can learn to regulate, but really you don't want to say, you know, I'm gonna regulate by having my lavender bubble bath once a week, because that's not gonna help you when you're at work and you've had an argument with your boss and something's happened, or when the kids are losing their shit and you need to do something else. You need strategies that you can implement in the moment to regulate your state. And over time, you'll go from being extremely heightened, extremely anxious, really reactive to things as things happen to you and your state will become calmer and you'll have valuable tools you can use in the moment all the time whenever you need it. And I'm gonna actually run a seminar about that very soon. So stay tuned for the dates for that. It's gonna be talking about how people can regulate in the moment because a lot of uncomfortable things, a lot of negative emotions, they pop up anyway. They're a part of life, we mentioned that. But you need to be able to do the things that you wanna do anyway. So you need to be able to regulate your state. Things with anxiety. I still get a little bit anxious sometimes, particularly when I'm doing new things. If I'm walking, into a, walking in blind and things aren't going for me and I had a bit of a stressful morning and I have to still perform and entertain a crowd and give them value or hold space for someone, it can be a little bit stressful and I have to regulate my state, but I have tools that I can use. This goes back to a lot of people numbing their emotions with illicit substances and alcohol as well, many other things. You can learn to regulate your state naturally and you can use it at any moment that actually has a positive impact on your life. So if you're interested in that, leave a comment, reach out to me and I'll tell you when I'm going to have that workshop coming out soon. Number 84, you don't work on your resilience. This comes back to a few things we've mentioned. So it's very hard to be resilient to negative outcomes and negative experiences and stress in general or adversity when you're faced with and obstacles that come your way and problems when your health is not in order. Now, if you are suffering from health issues, some things are uncontrollable, a lot of them are based on your habits and behaviors. But if you're struggling with something now, there are things that you can do to increase your quality of health. Go to bed a little bit earlier, eat a salad, have more protein, go to the gym, go for a walk if you can't go to the gym, do some push-ups. do some things like that that will actually give you a higher quality of health so that you can actually take more stress on top of you. There's another concept that I'll point out as well called hormesis. So hormesis is a concept of where you actually expose yourself to short-term periods of stress, which will then have an impact on how you relate to stress and how you can actually perform when faced with stress. Now, this is not ideal for someone who is already struggling with stress, already has poor sleep, already not eating right, already overworked, thrashing themselves in the gym, not recovering from workouts, really struggling with stress. We'd have to get the sympathetic nervous system under control, back into the parasympathetic nervous system through regulation strategies, then we can introduce the short-term forms of acute stress. Very simple way to do it, have a cold shower. It's uncomfortable, it sucks every time you do it, but you learn to love it. You get that dopamine hit, a little bit of cortisol wakes you up. I have them quite regularly. Every morning I have one, and I pretty much don't work with any of my clients unless I commit to doing seven days of cold showers, just for 30 seconds at the end of their shower they have to have a shower anyway. So if they can't do a cold shower when they already have to have a shower, there's no way they're gonna make good food choices. There's no way they're gonna go to the gym and they can't be bothered. So let's raise our ability to handle stress with periods of hormesis. We will get into that later, but first you must learn to regulate and be in a good position that you can actually handle that acute stress. Because if you can't and you're suffering from chronic stress, your resilience is gonna suck and more stress is not a good thing. If you're not sleeping well, not eating well, and then you decide to go on an ultra low calorie deficit and thrash yourself at the gym, it's a recipe for disaster. You'll be training for the sake of training and you will not get the results you're looking for because your hormones will be out of whack. Your performance will suffer, your recovery will not work. So we'll talk about that later and we'll talk about hormesis and yeah, how to raise your resilience in general to life's battles and struggles that we face. 85, very similar to resilience, you don't prepare for battle. So I'll use an analogy when it comes to self-defense. Everyone needs to know how to defend themselves. And I hope you're never in a situation ever in your life that you ever need it. But if you are, you need to know how to look after yourself. You need to know that you can survive because if you don't, you can have severe PTSD. You can die, you can be severely hurt. Your loved ones and family members and people that rely on you, if you can't protect them, what are you gonna do? It's gonna have a massive impact Many people that have been faced with situations that they don't have the resources or skills or experience to handle, it scars them for life. That leads to trauma. So prepare for the worst, become battle-tested. Prepare for battle, whether it's taking up self-defense. Also by increasing your resilience so that you can face things as they come to you, that will also prepare you for battle. There are many things, discipline's another factor. Martial arts is one aspect, everyone should know how to defend themselves. Again, I hope you're never in a situation that you need to use it. But if you are, you wanna know what to do because it's too late after. Number 86, you forget that you choose your hard. I'll give you an example. If you have a cat, you get cat problems. It can be hard. Some people love it, some people don't think it's worth it. If you run your own business, there are problems and it is also hard. If you work a nine to five, there is also problems that come with that, and it is also hard. Being overweight, really hard. Training at the gym regularly, also hard. eating a good diet, hard. Living off crap, also hard. You get to choose your heart. Everything is hard, and it goes back to increasing your resilience, your discipline, your work ethic, all these other things, but you literally get to choose your heart. You have unlimited choices, and you have complete freedom to do the things that you want to do and pursue any goal, any career, There's endless opportunities. And with the internet, if there's information out there, you can find anything. You can start a side hustle. That's also hard. But working a job you hate is hard. All these things are hard. Everything that you want is hard. The life that you hate right now is really hard. And pursuing the dream life that you really want is also hard. So choose your hard. Make an informed decision. Do I have time for one more? This has actually gone quicker than I expected. 87. You don't do what works. Some things just work and you don't do them. Exercise for one. Exercise has been proven to be 1.6 times more beneficial than any other intervention for improving mood and mental health issues. 1.6 times better than talk-based therapy. Obviously combining them, you're stacking the odds in your favor and there's many different types of exercise, but it works. Eating a healthy diet, 95% of your serotonin is producing your gut. So if you're living off shit, you're gonna feel like crap, it's just the way it is. You know what works, we know that getting extra sleep, we know that doing these hard things, we know that seeking help, we know that getting counseling if we need it. We know that if all these things that we do, we know showing up to work on time, we know that having open dialogue and hard conversations with people, these things work. You have to do what works, you know. And that comes back to discipline as well, there's many other reasons as to why people don't do it. Shame, limiting beliefs that works, we're gonna explore that in another episode but you don't do what works. So guys, that was number 87. So we got through forty or, yeah, 47. No, 37. We got through 37 tonight. So a little bit slower this time, but I think it went pretty well. I hope you found it valuable. If any of them stand out to you guys, leave a comment. As I said, if you haven't checked out episode 20 of Ron Pratt Method, which is on Spotify, I didn't do a video for that one, but I will in the future whenever I do a solo one, which will be once a month talking about different topics. Obviously, we've got probably another 70 or so of these before I move on to something else. Check out episode 20 for the first 50 and check in next time if you're interested again, because next week, I forgot who the guest is, to be brutally honest, but... Yeah, we've got a lot of people lined up. So if you're interested in this, check it out on Spotify or tune in for the lives. Hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you have a question and something that you want me to cover, message me, leave it in there. I'm happy to cover it. If there's something that really resonates with you, let me know. I'm here to work with you guys. So tell me what you want to hear more of. See you next week. Hi, this is Matt Gao, and you're listening to Radio Karam, which is local community internet radio. And uh, we were having a chat about community radio earlier and how important it is to Melbourne, how important it is to the scene here, the music scene, but also the wider community. So check out Radio Karam. Tune in. Called TAD to remodel my place. Said I wanted it to be that kind of place. Knee deep in the Renault, sinking in our fight. Other shonky builders waking me up at night. And Adam plays the boss man. He listens to the customer Don't you remember? He built this kitchen He built this kitchen with T.A.D. We built this kitchen We built this kitchen with T.A.D. We built this kitchen We built this kitchen with T.A.D.